a lot of lessons learned from the military environment, such as teamwork, self-sufficiency, calmness under pressure, resilience, all lend themselves to starting a business. Any entrepreneur, certainly anyone with a military background, it's that, it's that resilience that failures happen to all of us day in, day out. And it's just a case of, of accepting what is thrown at us, learning any lessons that, that we can learn from it and dusting yourself off and, and trying again. Welcome to the Success and Ideas podcast. I'm Richard Myron. This is the podcast where I pursue my fascination to try to understand success. The word tends to suggest financial accomplishment, but I want to dig deeper to find out what has driven those who've succeeded in their chosen path in a range of fields from sport to public life and all types of business. On this episode, I'm joined by Paul Blair. Paul's a former major in the British Army. He served as a paratrooper and in his more than 20-year military career, he operated all over the world in training as well as in combat. Paul was deployed to Afghanistan in 2006 and saw action there commanding 127 men in Helmand province, which was at the forefront of fighting between Allied forces and the Taliban. Paul himself was awarded the Distinguished Service Order for his service. In 2012, Paul left the army but reinvented himself professionally in an entirely different role as an entrepreneur. His first business venture, Safe Sticks, involved inventing and selling an innovative toy for dogs. He even appeared on the BBC TV series Dragon's Den in 2011 in a bid to get investment. He's continued with other ventures and is now working on something called ArcX, a sports tech device, the idea for which he got when skiing. But we'll come to that. Paul, thanks so much for joining me. Hello, Richard. Thank you for having me. It's really good to uh, to join you. First of all, the connection between the military and business. Is there such a thing or was your decision, you know, when you left the army to go into this new field, to go to somewhere completely different, to fresh pastures? The military does teach a lot of very transferable skills and you see quite a lot of uh, service leavers starting their own businesses, creating products and services, and a lot of lessons learned from the military environment, such as teamwork, self-sufficiency, calmness under pressure, resilience, lots of other transferable skills all lend themselves to uh, starting a business. It's interesting for me because you were 20 years in the military. That's a very significant period. And I know it's not comparable, but I'm, I'm going to sort of make a, a vague comparison, if that's all right. I was a journalist and I worked all over the world and it was terribly exciting in news and sometimes in combat zones. And then I left journalism in 2007 and life, it felt like going to sort of civilian life, if you will. Life became very different. And I personally found making that change quite difficult. How hard was it for you? Because I'm imagining that maybe there's a similar process that you underwent. You're leaving an institution and a lifestyle that you worked in for decades and embarking on something where you are, as it were, just another person walking down the street. How was it for you to, to make that change? It was, it was tough and it can be, can be quite hard for lots of service leavers um, making that transition. As you say, we are part of an institution uh, with its own rules and regulations and, and culture and camaraderie. And that is fantastic 
and it can be all happening one day and the next day, as you say, we're just a civilian walking down the street and everyone leaves for their own reasons and it was my time to leave. And I, I did find it tough, but I have to say my last job in the army commanding the Red Devils freefall team was was a really good transition rather than going from, say, a combat zone into civilian life. I had a, an, an easier transition into uh, the business world. Hold on, I need you to scroll back. Red Devils freefall team. And the Red Devils are the the formation flying squad, aren't they, of uh, the armed forces? So, what did the freefall team involve exactly? Falling out of perfectly serviceable aircraft all over the world <laughs> and jumping into various of sporting events. So, yes, the the freefall team represents uh, the British Army, made mostly from from parachute regiment soldiers. We do a period of training. I'd I'd been skydiving anyway through the army, and um, as I say, we we jump into various sporting events up and down the country, representing the, the British Army, showcasing what we can do and, and talking to, to the public. I would observe that there is a degree of adrenaline involved in, in what you did. How does business in any shape or form, how much adrenaline for you is involved in, in business as compared to falling out of aircraft? There is a, a fair amount. I think less so in the corporate world where, where you're part of a, a large institution, which I did for a couple of years to round out my, my business education. But but in a small startup where you're making decisions, quite a few decisions on a daily basis, there are so many uh, highs and lows. There is that element of adrenaline when you, you achieve a milestone, reach some sort of level of, of success, um, but then you you can be quickly brought back down to earth again with um, the day-to-day challenges. So I would agree, in a small startup, there is a, I wouldn't say comparable, but there is a level of, of adrenaline and, and excitement. In the area of the military, what constitutes success? Is it getting into a place and getting out of it safely and successfully? I mean, I know objectives are sent. I mean, in Afghanistan, I don't know what your objective was, but how success defined in the military context? It can be very much mission-led. So, yes, we are given a mission, a set of objectives, a number of goals to achieve, and it's it's delivering on those objectives and achieving the mission that is very much the basis for, for success. So there is a an adage that says no plan survives contact with the enemy. So going into an operation, it can change dramatically from what was planned to the way it unfolds, but success can still happen. And that success can, can be measured in any number of ways. It could be seizing uh, an objective in Afghanistan. It could be assisting building a COVID center in uh, in London, delivering sandbags to prevent flooding or, or whatever. It can be very much black and white and it is quantifiable, less so in, in business. Of course, there are various milestones uh, in business and pe- can be quantified by perhaps revenue targets or sales figures. So um, yeah, different metrics, but it's very much mission driven. Now, you mentioned that you, you left the military, you went into corporate life, but then you went and set yourself up as, as an entrepreneur. Your first venture was Safe Sticks, a device for dogs, a toy for dogs. And just first of all, tell me about the process of of coming up with that and how you started to sort of think about how you were going to make this succeed. It was very much based on personal experience. I was taking my my little Jack Russell for a walk at the time, picked up a stick in the park and threw it for him, something I'd done hundreds and hundreds of times. It was a bit of a cack-handed throw. 
and the stick lodged into the ground just as he arrived on it and uh, it lodged in his mouth. I took him to, to the vets and got one of the biggest telling offs of my life and that kind of prompted a thought that I was told sticks are dangerous, we shouldn't throw sticks for dogs and so I set about researching safe sticks. There was nothing out there that met this requirement so I set about designing one. And you went on in 2011, as I said there in the introduction, to Dragon's Den on BBC TV, which I think in in the US is called Shark Tank, where you face a panel of hard-nosed business people and you ask for investment. I'm firstly curious about what that felt like. It always looks like the people standing in front look like they're standing in front of a firing squad. It was pretty nerve-wracking. I got off to a really bad start. Um, Before filming starts, every entrepreneur gets to do a little dress rehearsal, just to walk up the steps as it was back in 2011. I had a dog with me uh, who was supposed to walk up the steps with a product in its mouth and and walk neatly around behind me, sit beside me, and I would start my pitch. Um, Yeah, that plan didn't survive contact with the dragons and we got to the (laughs) top of the steps. The dog dropped uh, the toy. He got tangled around my feet. I picked up the, the toy and it was covered in dog spit <laughs> that kind of threw me off uh, my my train of thought um but i had to recover pretty quickly and once i got past those initial sort of 30 seconds uh i got into my pitch it's it's a great experience but you know pitching for a, a large amount of money can be be pretty nerve-wracking particularly when there's a whole film crew with cameras and spotlights in addition to the dragons now you didn't get the investment that you sought in fact one of the dragons i believe called it a stupid idea it must be psychologically quite hard you go in you psych yourself up you're standing there you know you've got complete belief in your product and then someone says no no good how do you pick yourself up from that yeah it was tough i i got some good comments as well as bad i walked out of the den and took a a deep breath and thought okay well that's their opinion, but they're only five individuals. So had a long, hard look at myself in the mirror, convinced myself that this was still a good idea and uh, came up with a plan to go in a different direction. And I think any entrepreneur, certainly anyone with a military background, it's that, it's that resilience that failures happen to all of us day in, day out. And it's just a case of, of accepting what is thrown at us learning any lessons that that we can learn from it and dusting yourself off and and trying again. That word resilience is very important because, um, I mean, as you know, you know, business inevitably, very rarely does it involve kind of a straight linear line to success. There are setbacks. And so I suppose contending with that is just a very important part of ultimately succeeding. Certainly with, with startups, the odds are are stacked against small businesses. So many fail in, in the first few months, in the first year or so. And it's a case of, I think, just, just pushing through. Clearly, resources, both time and financial resources are limited. And it is just a case of, of trying to, to make the best use of, of what, what you've got, providing that the original idea or concept, be it a product or service, is sound and there's a demand out there. It's just a case of pushing forward. I mean, how safe sticks gone since then? Since uh, you you left the den, I've I've got to say pretty well. And I did send a note to all the dragons, including Hilary Devey, who was less than complimentary when uh, we reached the million unit uh, 
sales mark. Uh, I didn't get a reply, <laughs> but um, it's gone on pretty well. We've now sold 4 million units worldwide and, uh, and, and going strong. Thank you. Wow. Now, but you, you moved on from there. I mean, you didn't sort of sit on your hands and you've come up with something new, which you're now working on called ArcX. Tell me about how that idea, first of all, came about, because I find that in itself very interesting. Again, it was based on personal experience. So I was skiing with uh, a friend. We were both still in the army at the time. And the joke is he very selfishly injured himself on day three of a two-week holiday. It was just the two of us. So I was skiing by myself every day, listening to music and podcasts. And I found that when I wanted to change the volume, skip a track, even accept a phone call, I had to stop, take a glove off, reach inside my jacket, pull my phone out to perform that operation. More recently, I had similar experience in the gym, cycling, even on a rowing machine, for example. And there's a lot of great tech out there, but there was nothing that I found that would let me intuitively, with one hand, change a playlist or, or adjust the volume. So similar to Safe Stakes, I set about doing some market research and started to design a product. I'd left a, a corporate job, which was quite a big step, leaving the, the security of having a, a regular salary and, and threw myself into developing ArcX full-time. And that was two and a half years ago. Just describe to me, what is ArcX? What does it look like? How does it operate? It is, very simply, a small Bluetooth-enabled joystick inside a waterproof and shockproof housing. That little tech module is then interchangeable among a series of different sized stretch fit rings. So it's designed to be worn on the index finger and controlled with the thumb. It can be worn on a naked finger or a gloved finger. That tech is also interchangeable with various mounts. So for example, in, into a handlebar mount that can be Velcroed around a handlebar if you're cycling or kayaking. And at one level designed to control your phone so you can easily almost hands-free, control playlist, control volume, but it is versatile given that it's Bluetooth and it will connect to and control other devices such as sports cameras, wireless speakers, AR, VR headsets, even connected to a laptop. It makes a nice little presentation clicker, but the idea is very much rooted in, in sports and music. Where's it at now? Where Can we go out and buy this product? Not just yet. So we have taken the product as far as we can take it. We're happy with it. We've tested it backwards and forwards, given it out to a wide number of people who've, who've tested it in various environments. So we're really happy with, uh, with the product and the tech. Uh, we've also got an app that we've uh, developed that's sitting alongside it. So we're just about to press the button on our first manufacturing run. And we hope to have them on sale initially in the UK in early 2022. It strikes me that in what you're doing, there's there's a long, as it were, run up. It takes a long time from the original thought on a ski slope to getting that thing out there. And then no doubt there are lots of things looking at what else is out there in the marketplace, the costs of manufacturing, which are no doubt considerable obstacles and sometimes might be very off-putting to, to thinking of, of proceeding. How do you deal with that? Because it strikes me that the kind of thing that you're involved in is is very much of a marathon rather than a sprint. Yes, I think the, the adage that hardware is hard, um, <laughs> I've found to be true, certainly over the last 12 months. And like so many projects, they end up going over both 
timeline and uh, and costs. And this has certainly taken three times as long and twice as much. But I think that's been necessary. We've gone through four iterations of, of a prototype, testing them at every stage, getting a lot of feedback, good and bad, from various individuals in our network and improving, taking that feedback on board and improving the product. And all of that takes time. Even more so with global supply chain issues and in the middle of the, the pandemic. So yes, it has taken us a, a lot longer than, than we thought, but um, we are we're pushing on. What motivates you both with smart sticks and with ArcX? What's the factor which drives you forward? I think it's the the excitement of of taking what is a concept, an idea, proving to myself and others that it's it's feasible and there's going to be a demand out there and it's not just my my crazy harebrained ideas and then turning that into reality and if anything i really enjoy that that process safe sticks was very much me as a one-man band but arcx there are a lot of elements to bringing this to market that are well beyond my my skill set so i find the small team that um we've pulled together just invaluable to bounce ideas off take all that feedback and turn it into a, a product and it's i think it's so rewarding getting other people on board to share that passion and the vision but even more so getting feedback from individuals we've met at a couple of sporting exhibitions in the last couple of months just to get that reassuring feedback that oh wow that that is a good product i can see myself using that that's yeah, really, really rewarding. Help, helps me sleep better at night. What's the differences in leading a workforce from leading a, a group of soldiers in the field somewhere? I mean, in, in one scenario, at least, what you say must be obeyed. Does that management style work in business? Definitely not. So the army, there is obviously a, a code of conduct. We work on a strict discipline rules. Leadership at any level can be very autocratic that just doesn't work in the business world. And I, I found that in the corporate job I was in for a number of years, working for um, a large multinational, that I, I had to soften my, my leadership style to become much more consensus building and learned a lot, both about my own leadership style along the way, as well as what motivates and how to pull a team together. I'm constantly learning. I don't think any leader is ever ever the finished article so very much a work in progress one of your partners in in ArcX is a veteran what's the difference between working with someone who's been inside the military and, and someone who hasn't i try when i'm chairing a discussion or we're having a meeting to to treat everyone equally but given the fact that two of us are veterans it's so easy to slip into military terminology and to say things in a almost a different language that our uh, CTO doesn't understand. We can communicate very quickly and say lots of Roger that and different military terms. But I do have to remind myself now and again that not everyone has been in the army and to, uh, to bring it back to some sort of more universal language. If I could compare it to the team I had in my corporate job, very young, someone just out of university, and so my leadership style was was very much along the lines of training and educating and almost mentoring them. Whereas I think the more experienced the individual, and particularly if they've been in the army, there's less of that. And it, it can come down to just a couple of short, sharp 
questions or directions and they know exactly what to do and, and they get on with it. So, but very much comes down to the individual. Do you think you could have done what you're doing now without your military experience? I wonder whether you, when you go to the extremes of human experience, everything else in a way becomes maybe slightly less fearful because for many people, taking the path of entrepreneurship is simply terrifying and they're not going to do it because they risk losing a lot from it. It certainly made me who I am today, for better or for worse, but looking on all the positive aspects of, of military training and those transferable skills that I touched on before has definitely helped me. I think for so many entrepreneurs, it is a huge step and by its very nature, there is a lot of risk involved. But Everyone I talk to, the various forums and group I'm part of, and I also mentor a number of service leaders who are starting out on their own businesses with a view to if I can help them avoid the mistakes that I, I made, that would be a wonderful thing. But I think by its very nature, entrepreneurs are slightly less risk averse than others. And it's that challenge that, that excites us. A lot of failures along the way. I did have another business that I'm not describing as a failure. It was a learning experience, but I just couldn't get that to work. And so back to resilience and learning lessons from, from those setbacks and taking that forward. I, I like the way you you avoided or you refused to accept the term failure <laughs> and frame it as, and I'm believe me, I understand completely, and frame it as a learning experience, which I, I'm sure, well, I know, is very important about, you know, finding a way to carry on. Yeah, I, it is all about perspective, I think. So many times I have dwelt on something that's gone badly, whether it's a decision I've made or a decision that someone else has made that has affected the business, and I've stewed on it and taken it personally and all the, the things that, that we shouldn't do. I think that's only natural. It is human nature to um, to look on the pessimistic side of things, but it's then that that deep breath, and it's okay. Well, what are we going to do now? Let's let's fix this. Let's do something different. Let's try a different plan or a different approach, and and make a success of this. How do you personally define success? For me, it's it's achieving various milestones. I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I've. I can say to myself, yes, I'm now successful, time to put my feet up and, and relax. I think there will always be, for me, just those challenges of whether it's bringing a new product to market, selling that product into a new territory, creating something new. But at my stage now, it's also developing others. So if I can help someone improve in some small way, become a better version of themselves, perform at a higher level, I deem that as, as successful as well. Paul, it's amazing to hear what you have done. Army, Safe Sticks, ArcX. I, I wish you all the very best in your latest venture. I'm actually going to go out and look for a Safe Sticks for my dog. Now you've convinced me. And wishing you well. Thank you. Richard, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, good luck with Safe Sticks and, uh, and your dog. <laughs> if there's any problem, I'll come back to you. Please do. So that was Paul Blair. And of course, you see in a way the two halves to his professional life, his military career, and then his role as an entrepreneur. And in hearing him talk, I, I was wondering, how does one feed into the other and feed the success 
of the other. Clearly, there are things in the military which have helped him in business. As he said, resilience, getting tasks done, being highly organized, no doubt, goal-orientated, and so on. On the other hand, he's also said that you can't apply that leadership style in the military to business, which is far more consultative. So it seems to me that, that Paul has certain skills, highly developed skills, and yet also one of the, his major attributes seems to be that he has not stopped learning or developing and seeing how he can alter himself according to circumstance and help himself succeed in his next objective. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go and listen to the other wonderful interviews in the Success and Ideas podcast. And please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help if you could also rate and review us. I'm Richard Myron. The producer is Anouk Mie, and this has been an Earshot Strategies production. All the best. All the best.